everybody. Welcome to the Author's Forge, where every good conversation starts. We are excited. We have... Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Author's Porch, where all good conversations start. We are so happy to be back with you after last week's debut launch of the Author's Porch magazine and all of the crazy shenanigans we got up to. We are well rested. Um, at least we're well rested. Uh, and we got Sophie to come all the way here from the UK, 1 a.m. her time. And bless her soul because she is here with us. Sophie, how are you doing? I'm doing very well at the moment. Um, I may not be able to get all my words out, uh, so you have to bear with me. Um, but super excited. And I'm glad to hear that somebody's up to naughty shenanigans because um, my life is pretty boring at the moment. So uh, I will enjoy listening to a few of yours later. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to have you here. I've been reading a little bit of your book over the past week, and I am just falling in love with it. So I want to give the audience a little bit more information about you before I just start going all into the book, because sometimes I do that, then I go, hey, wait a minute, people don't know about Sophie, or, you know, the way that I do. So let me tell you guys about Sophie. Sophie is a personal assistant to a high net worth person in their family, along with a super creative mind. She hosts a podcast, which is called Wine with Sophie, and has a psycho-spiritual business called So Free. She has a degree in psychology and training in psychotherapy, along with a coaching certificate in holistic health coaching. She is a natural empath with compassion and intuition to help professional women women heal their core soul wounds. Her debut memoir, There's Always a Hitch, was inspired by her mother's diary of her travels during 1958, which shows the friendship, resilience, and the insight of the women during their times, along with Sophie's own travels. And I will tell you guys that it is super cool because you get to hear of her mother's travel, mother and her friend's travels and the things that they went through. And then Sophie did the same type of travels. And I am just loving it because I had so many questions. I was like, really? Like, I cannot imagine being just so free and just living and traveling. So without further ado, Sophie, wow. <laughs> Thank like, you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a gift that my mum gave me a few years ago when she handed me her diaries and her scrapbooks. And of course, she regaled a lot of stories about her travels. Um, and sadly, she passed away, um, was it 13 years ago now? Mm. Um, and I really, really wished I had asked her more questions because really the book uh, threw up more questions than they did answers. Um, but um, it was so special. And a lot of the time she was with me um, on the travels, sending me signs, um, with various ones. And yeah, it was, it was just something so magical and such a once in a lifetime experience for me um, and to be able to regale as to say her stories and write them down 
for other people to read and inspire other people. It was such a, a an amazing time. Yeah, I find it very interesting as I'm reading the stories of yourself as well as your mom, the the characters that you guys encounter along your journey. Um, they're they're they they have their own personalities and they're their own characteristics and and I don't have any names or anything like that. But so I want to ask you. I know that you had said there there's a couple of ladies in the book. One that you mentioned her name. Were you able to talk to her and get some insights into the travels um, and kind of along the way when you had some of those questions? Sure. Yes, Jerry. She she was a very good friend of Mum's um, right up until <laughs> Mum died, uh, and it was and she actually sent me some photographs and yes, her her few notes that she wrote as well. There's a chapter about them going to Catalina Island and they actually get separated and Jerry goes off on her own and Mum and June go together um, and luckily Jerry had written her diary down of what happened with her so I was able to actually sort of incorporate hers as well uh, yeah. so that was super exciting and yes I mean Jerry is I think she's Irish descent so she absolutely loves talking and she will talk uh, uh, the nose off a horse uh, yeah. and uh, and tell stories about what what they got up to and how special it was. But yeah, she was so excited about me doing it. So did you always want to write this book or did you always want to just write a book? And this one just called to you to be your debut. I never thought about writing a book, to be honest. An idea came to me a couple of years before, and I was actually going to write more about our family uh, as, and as such, um, because I was actually discouraged from school that my writing was horrendous and I would never amount to anything by... It was actually, it was our English literature uh, teacher and um, she was actually the head mis headmaster's wife and she took a dislike to me for some reason. Okay, I was very cheeky and <laughs> I would answer back to her. That's probably why she didn't like me much. But um, yeah, she, she never had any faith in me. And I remember her when I got my... GCSE which is our sort of 16 year old exams that we get she she called up the exam board and said no can you please remark Sophie's paper because I don't believe she should have got the grade she got <laughs> she, oh my word. Um, and they turned around and said no 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 she deserves it she's actually on the border of getting a higher grade but no we'll keep her as she is um, and so this is how discouraging this woman was to yeah. me and anything to do with writing or being creative uh it was very stifling um mm -hmm. but i'm not one for really listening to a lot an awful lot of people but it certainly did dent my confidence yeah. and when i started thinking about writing the book i really thought i couldn't do it and there are times in the book I actually mention about my imposter syndrome with can i actually do this i mean you know People, there are people who sort of go to university or study writing and there's me bumbling along sort of just you know writing what I'm seeing and feeling in the moment um yeah so I think that yeah it, it was just 
an in the moment thing that I had mum's diaries and scrapbooks and I wasn't exactly succeeding in my life as an entrepreneur. I was feeling a little bit down. I wanted to reconnect with mum. And I also wanted to inspire people. My business coach said, go and write a self-help book. And I said, there are millions of self-help books out there. I don't want to inspire people that way or teach people about life that way. I want to go and do something different. So yeah, that's what I did. I you know, took two suitcases loaded with God knows what. I still think I had a family in, in them. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, and the scrapbook and diary and, and went traveling. You know, and I love that you said the self-help book and you didn't want to write your normal self-help book. But this book, when, as I'm reading it, because I'm I'm not halfway, I'm about a quarter of the way through. But <clears throat> talk about a mother-daughter journey, so many years apart, and you are doing your travels after your mom has already passed, but you're kind of following in her footsteps. And it's like you, you even said that you're, you're getting signs from her. So it's like she's there with you. I think that every mother and daughter should read this book together and, and travel this journey with you and your mom, because it is very fascinating the way you wrote it. And, and what I find is, <laughs> and, you know, I lived three years in England um, in, Cot in the Cotswolds over in Gloucestershire. And I will tell you that every person who is cheeky as a child turns out to be extremely successful. So that headmaster's wife, well, you know, you just showed her you wrote a successful book as well as running a successful business and podcast. So there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, but I really I, I loved, you know, I'm, and then the bravery that it takes to go on those travels. Um, I traveled a lot, but it was with the military, like they always paid for it. And they always sent me and I was always, you know, I, I couldn't imagine just so, so much freedom. How did you feel just going with it? Like I read some of it, so I know how you felt. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about just the thought of just just going at it on your own, what was that freeing or was it frightening? It was both. Um, Mum had a, a big hand in that as well. She, she was such a, a big character in my life. When I was growing up, we didn't have a great relationship. It was only until I turned about 18 that I actually changed our relationship and we became best of friends. Mm. But my father died when I was four, so we grew up without a father. But mum, she never stopped life because she was on her own. And I grew up with this. I watched her traveling on her own um, and going to social groups on her own. And although she had incredible fear she never let that help hold her back she would always just have the gumption to go for it and as my first page says and I apologize for your listeners you know f-u-c-k fear um and that was kind of her mantra and also she she just said don't live with regrets go out there and live life and grab it by the balls and and enjoy and have fun and I think that's really what kept me going. And I've been a very independent person anyway. So traveling on my own um, wasn't too scary. 
scary as such. What was more scary was that I was doing it with no money. And uh, <laughs> it is, it is. Yes, I, and um, because you, you just don't have choice. And, and you know, in the book, uh, I talk a lot about my disasters with my accommodation. And I didn't have any, <laughs> I didn't have any choice because I didn't have the money to go anywhere else. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was, um, that I think was, uh, you know, the most fearful, but I, I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so I know earlier you were talking about imposter syndrome and for so long, I thought that I was the only person that, that had this, this thing. And then I learned that there's so many people that suffer with imposter syndrome. The difference between us me and you and a lot of other folks and those who suffer with it and don't do anything with their lives is we're willing to face the fear, right? So I have this personal quote that I, I live by that I, I, um, I absolutely love. And it's even in my own book, it says, I live free because I don't let fear own me. And that's basically, and just like you said, fuck fear for lack, you know, for lack of better words. Um, <clears throat> it just, Basically, you have to face it. You know, it's not that you ever like get rid of imposter syndrome because I still have my moments, you know, that I go, oh, am I even good enough to do this? You know, oh, you know, and sometimes with my guests that are super successful like yourself, I go, oh, you know, am I going to look like some some idiot talking to this successful person? <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, is you have to face the fear because you never know what's on the other side of fear, which is victory unless you face it. And there's so much facing of fear in this book. And I absolutely love that because it teaches things. And that's why I say mothers and daughters read it together. Because a lot of times those mother and daughter relationships are broken. Unfortunately, there, um, there's just something about women that sometimes we just don't get along. And myself, my with my mother, I had the same thing until I was an adult. But I want to ask you, will you, I know that you had said you want to write another book off of your mother's um, diaries, uh, but a romance, but will you always write from the diaries or will you write um, just based off of um, nonfiction, fiction or something else or will it always be based off of the diaries? Well, it's interesting because um, I've actually put another book on hold for now. I'm writing a screenplay of the book. Um, so I, it was always, when I actually um, originally thought about it, I wanted it to be a movie. <laughs> And uh, and funnily enough, I was sitting in Cannes. This is all very glamorous. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in Cannes at the film festival talking to Jerry, funnily enough. Um, and I had just uh, received her part of the diary and things. And I was saying that I really want to make a movie. I've decided now to go for it. But I felt more overwhelmed writing a screenplay than I did a book. Um, and it's a very different writing style, I think. But I've, I've again, faced my fear with that. And I've decided to go for it. So the book um, is kind of on hold. However, there is actually much more to mum's story, um, what happened beforehand, um, because she actually... Before they traveled, they before they went hitchhiking, um, they 
mum decided to go to Toronto, uh, to Canada, because she, she lived in a small village in the north of England and she had, she just thought this is just not adventurous enough. So she decided to go to Canada um, and um, she ended up in this place called, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my voice. Um, she decided to uh, go to this place called Fudger House, which was... Mm -hmm run by a gentleman called Mr. Fudger, who owned a department store, and he wanted to set up a sort of home for home for international women. Mm. Nothing dodgy. It was sort of like a finishing school etiquette. Um, and they had strict rules they had to abide by, but they got the social side, the friendship side, and also kind of social living out there. Yeah. And it's a fascinating story of that um and um and I have a few sort of a few pages of her diary regarding that so a lot of it would be fictionalized um or uh, yeah fictionalized really or my imagination sort of stepping into my mum's mind yeah um because she was a bit of a party animal she liked her party a little bit like you with your <laughs> shenanigans she, you and her probably would have got on very well. <laughs> she sounds like a lovely lady that I would have absolutely adored. You know, when you were talking about that, that house and the social living and then that stuff, you know, the show, I don't know if you've seen the show called The Midwife. Oh, well, I mean, I have never really watched. I've seen it, obviously. Yeah, it's an English show. And it, yeah, it, it's not like huge social where you can party, but they um, they're actually nurses and it's it, it's. I don't know what year, probably the thirties or forties and the nurses, they go and they live with the nuns and they're, they're actually the midwives. They study midwifery. And so they're all living and they're, they're all um, share rooms and stuff. So they're in like this social construct. Um, they become close friends and they go out when they're not working and stuff like that. So that show just came to my mind. I watched mm -hmm. it. I just love those type of shows. Um, so it was very interesting, but I love the concept because it, it brings you into like a family setting, but that would be really cool as well as a movie based on <laughs> So please write the screenplay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. I have started the screenplay. Um, and, um, so yeah, cause I, I, I really wanted to pitch it raw to, people but it seems uh that it's easier to write the screenplay and then pitch it um but um i think i just think it's a really unique story and concept and so i just think that it would just be yeah fun um and teaching people inspiration adventure you know how to oh get oh, get over well let not let fear overwhelm you I think that's really it. And um, I love what you said about you moving to the Cotswolds, a beautiful place in the UK. If anyone wants to visit, go to the Cotswolds, don't come to London. Um. <laughs> I visited there twice. I actually bought a Christmas dress for a Christmas party. I said, I have to get a dress in London for the Christmas party. <laughs> and I did, and it was gorgeous, but it was the most stressful time of my life because it was around Christmas time. So it's super busy, but I can say that I was there. Yes, it, <laughs> yes, I have a love-hate relationship with London. <laughs> so, uh, 
Um, but yeah, so, and, and, you know, and you moving to another country and setting up home, I mean, you know, that's huge amounts of fear in that, and you stuck it out for three years. So, um, you know, we just, we, we, I fear is part of life. It's just how you deal with it. And it's just not allowing it, as you said earlier, not to overwhelm you. Um, and, um, so that's what I've kind of done with the screenplay. Although, as I say, it's, yeah, it's very, very different from writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you still traveling? Uh, I know with COVID, a lot of that stuff stopped, but, um, is it something that you will continue doing or, or is that just for that project in that time period? No, I've, I'm I'm a traveler at heart. I absolutely loved it. Before I went traveling, I was living abroad um, and I was kind of moving countries or cities every couple of months. So that's, I've got a bit of nomadic in me, but COVID has yeah, forced me to stop and be still. And I think that I'm a great believer in the universe and there's always a reason for everything. And it's probably because, yeah, to, to write the screenplay, but saying that, you know, it's it's very different because when I was writing the book, I don't know if it was the same with you with your book. I actually, it was my full-time job at the time. And so I didn't have to arrange it around anything. Well, I had to arrange it around traveling, of course, but um, I had the time to, when I woke up in the morning, to sit down and write. Whereas when you've got a full-time job and you're trying to also navigate your life I mean okay I don't have children so I don't have that that to worry about but um it's a very different feel to it because you have to sort of almost really force yourself well not force yourself but really be disciplined to sit down and do some writing mm -hmm. um I hate ironing but it's amazing how attractive that can look when I really <laughs> don't want to sit down and write <laughs> Right. And that is so true. I, you know, I've had weeks where I didn't write because I found something else to do. And then I told, and then when I, when I did sit down to write and I realized how far I was behind on my goals, you know, you set goals for yourself. I was like, Oh my God. It's almost like how bad you feel after eating a whole chocolate bar, the king size one, you know, even though you really wanted it, you were like, Oh, now my stomach but what is your writing process do you outline do you are you a panster like someone like me I just literally my characters tell me what to do and I do it like I listen to them because I do not want them to start shouting at me as I'm trying to sleep so <laughs> but what is your process it is yes it's just literally sitting down and seeing what comes out and flows I think that I'm not a very good person to be rigid um I gave up planning that was actually one thing I really learned when I was traveling is the universe has a bigger plan than I do and whatever try and organization and control I have over my life the universe comes and crushes it and says you know don't bother throw out the rule book because uh you know we're, we're gonna show you the best way and so that's kind of what I feel I'm I'm a bit guided by them and uh if inspiration takes over then I will sit and write for a few hours if it doesn't and I do find something else to do then so be it I don't um because I'm not reliant on the book for income or anything like that I think it's very different if I, I would be a writer uh and it wasn't just a passion project for mine mm -hmm. then I think it'd be very different to feel 
um, I do have the luxury of being able to say, well, today I haven't got the inspiration. I can't write. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the beauty of my, my life with writing. Yeah. I, you know, I love that because when you're writing from a place of passion, um, you, you're never short of inspiration, right? You, you'll always find the time to write because it's writing from a place of passion. Um, when people take it on as a career versus a passion and, oh, I've got to get out this many number of words this day and this many number this day so I can have this book out. So I allow, like I set goals for myself, but I don't like freak out. That makes sense. Like, I'm like, oh, I really wanted it. But, you know, life. I used to be a nervous Nancy, a Debbie Downer, and everything was a square. But, I, and I have everything organized. But now I'm to the point where it has to be organized for this side of my brain. But then this side of my brown brain realizes just what you said. The world is going to do what it wants to do. And you either go with it or you get you get slammed into a brick wall. So, so I have both sides of my brain that work together now, but, <laughs> but what is your biggest inspiration to continue writing? I think it's just the creative process. I just love creating things for people. Um, and it's just the knowing that I'm inspiring at least one person. And if I can do that, then I've reached my whole life goal almost. Mm -hmm. I think that that is, really it and, and there are so many different sort of mediums I mean I, I I don't just write I do other things as well uh and um interestingly enough my headmaster told me that I I went for an audition for the play at school <laughs> it was a singing role it was a Wizard of Oz and I went for the lion and he auditioned me to to sing for the lion and he he just sort of closes a piano artist. He goes, I think we'll put you in the choir because we don't want to hurt anyone's ears. <laughs> and uh, so my confidence in singing flatlined at that point. And my singing career ended at that moment. But I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe I should resurrect it. And I loved what you said earlier about, you know, these uh, people that the creative people are, are very successful. So maybe that's my next sort of role in life is to be a singer. I don't know, but I did try singing and I recorded myself the other day and no, I sound as flat as a pancake, but um, <laughs> it's pretty awful. Well, but, uh, I would love to sound as flat as a pancake, but I sound as high pitched as a hyena. So, I mean, maybe if you put us together, you're going to do it. Exactly. We're going to sound like ABBA or, you know, the Bengals or somebody amazing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh. so as a reader what's your favorite genre oh goodness do you know I I'm I absolutely love horror I love thriller I'm such a Joe Nesbo fan I'm reading his new book at the moment the kingdom but I also just love real life um I'm a I'm a huge fan of all the real housewives but I also love the the one book that really inspired me a few years ago and I try and encourage anyone to read it is Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Olbum and it's um such a fantastic story and it's just 
it's so inspiring and it, it just teaches the philosophy of life uh, by this teacher who sadly was dying. And you know, he basically said what my mum said is that, you know, you can have all the material wealth and success, but at the end of the day, the people who are going to be at your bedside when you're dying that was what is important in life. So don't get too hung up. I mean, I'm a Taurian, so I love things around me. I am very materialistic. Um, so that's why it was so painful having to put my life into two suitcases. Um, and, but I, I survived it and realized that actually I can do without stuff, but I've actually got my stuff back now. And I'm just like walking around going, hello, you, <laughs> I love you. I missed you. Um, but oh. uh, so I am quite, I, so I do like my comforts around me and, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't get hugely hung up on needing to have a lot of sort of, big material to show how successful I am I think right. success is a feeling within um and I mean we, a measure of success is very individual it's very personal to everybody mm -hmm. um but anyway so that's the the one book I absolutely love but I also love romance um comedy romantic comedies so I'm just not very good on the intellectual fiction mm. <laughs> No, if it if it makes me think too hard, my brain starts to get a little over fizzled, and then I'm like, oh, I need to laugh. I'm done. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I already have to think hard enough with other things. I'm done. <laughs> so, if you had any advice to give to another author who is suffering from imposter syndrome, who can't get over their fear, wants to travel, has diaries of their own moms, any advice? Just something that you think is very important for uh, somebody who wants to write a book, what would that advice be? I think just go with what feels good for you. Your intuition and your gut will guide you and, and tell you what you want to do. Um, I think that what are your intentions behind the book? Um, and if it's for anybody else rather than you, then just think whether it's really something you want to do. Um, and I think that, you know, with the imposter syndrome, just acknowledge it and make friends with it. Um, <clears throat> and also the fear side of it, make friends with it and don't allow it to overwhelm you. And there are many tips that you can actually do if you do are stuck in fear. Um, one of the best ones I was ever told is literally if you're stuck in fear, just literally stop what you're doing, physically stop and just say the word out loud, stop. And then that just changes the energy of yourself and your thoughts. Uh, and it's very powerful uh, because we do, we, we get so messed up in our brains and so in our heads, um, it's very difficult. And that, that then sort of blocks a creative process. So I think that it's important not to be in your head too much. And that's where the intuition, the gut and listening to your body and have fun with it. Oh my goodness, you know, creation, anything creative is supposed to be fun. So have fun. If you're not having fun, do something else creative. Maybe writing isn't your genre and you, you're, you're better off, you know, on, um, you know, theater or something like that or art or, you know, or, or anything. I mean, there's, there's so much out there, but I do think 
allowing yourself to play is is incredibly important and honor the creation and be creative i think it's hugely therapeutic so that's kind of about 15 life hacks there in about two minutes <laughs> and listen to them very very closely allow yourself to play and i love that you said that because you're right. There's not only one way to be creative. I've tried probably every single one of them until I found writing. And it was the one thing that freed my soul. And it was is what I stuck with. I couldn't do a craft to save my life. My poor children had the worst science projects ever. But we had fun trying. But when I started writing, my soul became free and I found who I was. So you've got to try different things until your soul becomes free. So I love that advice. Now, one, one of the things that I found in the author world is we become successful. We become, you know, we, we, it helps us get over our fear. It helps us do so much our support network. And sometimes it's not this massive support network. Sometimes it's only one person and sometimes it's our inner self. So let me ask you, who is your support network? Who was the ones that supported you to get your book baby from your mind to the paper out into the world and to get it on the shelves and into the hands of other people? It was different people along the way for different parts of the process, I guess. I was very lucky, had a, a brilliant um, editor who was with me and we had weekly calls every week. And then she took me through obviously the editing and because there are lots of photographs um, in the book as well. Um, and so she helped with that process. I went down the self publishing route which is obviously something I had discussed with her rather than finding a publishing house so that was quite interesting but um, my brothers were a great source of because it was a bit lonely sometimes I was a, a lot of the time I was on my own when I was traveling I would sort of talk to anyone I had a very a very quick story I know we're finishing sorry no, it was just um, I was in I was in LA and I hadn't talked to somebody for about four, four days. You know, you talk to the cashier or somebody very quickly. But anyway, these Scientologists were around. They were handing out these leaflets and it was something about coming to see a movie. And it was obviously, you know, to, to try and sort of brainwash you to, to join Scientology. And, um, and he heard my accent and he said, oh, where are you from? So I said, the UK. And um, he asked me a question. Anyway, I stood there and I, because I hadn't spoken to anybody, I just had verbal diarrhea <laughs> and I just talked and talked and talked. And he just, his face just dropped because it was a realization that actually this woman is just not shutting up. What am I going to do to be quiet? Because there are so many people passing that I could be handing my flyer out to and getting them to come to the movie so we can, you know, sign all these people up. And, uh, and the, I watched this, so I, I sort of, you know, teased him more and I was just, and I wouldn't let him, I just talked over him, I wouldn't let him, you know, and and it was just such a funny moment. I was, that was actually before, um, I, I, I didn't put that in the book actually, because I think it was before I sort of started writing the book, but it was so funny. But so, yeah, so the, the people, um, I did have a couple of friends that I met at when I was traveling, which really, really helped. And so, yeah, it was, you do need a support network, but I think that, yes, as I mentioned, I'm very, very independent and 
I think that I don't need a lot of people around me. Um, I just, yeah, need myself and uh, yeah, somebody to talk to now and again <laughs> or unsuspecting people. Somebody putting flyers out somewhere and Sophie is going to grab you. So do, are you still friends with any of the people that you met on the road? I am. Yes. I mean, yes. The, the Uber driver. Yes. He, he is, um, he is a great friend. Yes. And also the theater that I actually went and did an acting class. I, I do online acting with them at the moment. So yes, I'm still nice. friends with them. Very good friends with the improv comedy improv person. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so lucky that I met all these people. There's amazing people. And yes, they're still with me. Um, I think it's because I keep promising people roles in movies, <laughs> how to get friends, how to make friends and influence people. Tell them you're writing a movie and they can star in it. It's amazing how popular they become. That's how you build your support network. You exactly. offer them something. You exactly. say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have the most friends in the world. I'm going to write movies. I'm going to give them a spot in my book. You know, hey. Exactly. <laughs> That's too funny. No, you know what? I bet just meeting you, you make a friend just by someone having a conversation with you. Because I've had an absolute blast in the past, what, 30, it's been 39 minutes and I'm having a blast. I mean, I could sit and listen to your story over and over and I'm going to finish reading your book as well. So I'm going to know a lot of it. We're going to be intimate friends. Well, not that type of intimate, but very close friends. <laughs> so <laughs> how do people find you if they want to read your book or just talk to you more, book you for a show or learn more about um, your podcast and or anything else? Yeah, well, thanks for allowing me to share it. My book is, of course, available on Amazon or any good bookstores online. Um, and you can get hold of me um, uh, through Sophie at Sophie, S-O-P-H-F-R-E.com. You can email me or my website, Sophie.com. <laughs> um, and the podcast is Wine with Sophie, W-H-I-N-E. Um, and that's on all major platforms. Um, but yeah, I'm... I, very happy to chat to anybody who wants inspiration or, you know, or has decided that there are enough disasters in their life like mine <laughs> and they need some support. I, I'm very happy to help out. Um, but it's been absolute pleasure and such fun to chat to you and to chat to a fellow author. Um, <laughs> it, it's great. Thank you. You know, you're like, I've been around the world. I've been there, done that. So if you want to talk about it, let's let's do this thing. So you guys reach out to Sophie because she's a blast to talk to. Um, I'm in the, I'm a quarter of the way through your book. Uh, it's a great book. I stand by it that every mother and daughter needs to read together at the same time so they can talk about it and enjoy that mother-daughter relationship, even though it was across so many years and so many lines, even though Sophie's mother had passed away by the time Sophie went on her travels. It is, it's, it's really heartwarming as well as freeing and adventurous. Like when I'm listening, when I'm reading some of the parts of your mother and her girlfriends, I'm going, Oh my God, they just jumped in that car and they went, God bless them. You know, <laughs> like, you know, and then, uh, you know, one of the um, uh, places that you stayed at and I was like, 
Okay. So, but I won't give any spoilers to anybody. So do you have any last words before I do, you know, my talking thing and tell everybody about all the stuff that we have for the rest of the week? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I guess if you buy the hardback, then if you don't really want to read the book, it makes a great bookend. Hey, hey, I love, I love that you're giving them choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, read the book, read the book. Yes, it's I mean, really it's, it's great. Yes. I mean, you know, if, if you're not very good with words, either there are great pictures in there and, um, yeah, yeah, the 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 difference between then and now is is quite amazing, really. Yeah, I loved the pictures, and I'm loving mm. the pictures. I haven't seen all of them, but I'm loving the pictures. Um, there's one with your mom and her mom in there, and I just I'm I'm a fan of. For me, the 1920s is my era. I think that I was born in the wrong time period. That's why I watch a lot of shows from back in that time, like Call the Midwife, you know, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, I would just talk forever. So I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and go because obviously I'm having a little, you know, girl time here. So guys, Sophie, thank you so much for being here tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for staying up till 1 a.m. UK time to have a conversation with us, share with us the beauty that is your book, your mom's diaries, the adventures that she went on, the adventures that you went on, and the wonderful thing that you are, things that you are doing to help women just basically take themselves back to the basic core of who they are and learn how to be free from all of the preconceived notions that the world puts on them, like your headmaster, his wife, and all the other people that ever doubted you because if they could see you now just soaring above the clouds. And I absolutely love that. And guys, don't forget to join us on Thursday. We have the bombshell book review. We will be reviewing. It is the last week of straight from the heart by Tracy Bannister, our rom-com that we are having such a good time with head over to the author's for the author's porch magazine, our first installment, but don't worry. We'll be having another one come September 30th, which is my birthday but we're going to be doing it's a quarterly magazine so make sure that you go over and you check that out and every friday we have friday writing tips where i compile information from different authors different businesses different resources to make sure that you have tips to keep you going on your writing career with that said guys have a blessed night sophie hopefully you will get some sleep after this <laughs> and be refreshed and we are done Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Just a gentle